Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Welcome back to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast with me, Sophia, and I'm super excited today. Um, we are in episode 34, which is crazy, but I have a guest today who I have known from a re- for a really long time and um, was kind of there when I started this business at the very beginning, um, my friend Lisa Druxman, and I'm going to have her introduce herself and all that she does because um, she does so much, especially I just love have seeing her business grow alongside um, of mine and how I got to know her. Um, Lisa, introduce yourself and tell everybody all your amazing stuff. <laughs> well, I, um, I'm smiling because I'm thinking about when you were a client of mine and you would bring me all the yummy food. I'm like, <laughs> girl, you need to do this for a business. <laughs> um, but uh, my name is Lisa Drexman and I am the chief founding mom of Fit for Mom. So Fit for Mom is fitness for every stage of motherhood. Um, we are best known for our program called Stroller Strides, which is a stroller-based workout, but we have a variety of programs, including Fit for Baby and Body Boost, and um, like I said, a variety of programs. We are a fitness franchise, so we have franchises all across the country, um, and I am also a mom to two kids who are older now, 19 and 15, and uh, just making it through in this uh, crazy COVID world. Seriously, crazy is right. And I actually, my life was changed by Stroller Strides. For those of you listening, I had, I started Stroller Strides when my first son, who had just turned 10, was um, a couple months old. And I was always into health and fitness. Like I was always really active and having a baby changed my life because I actually struggled. Those of you that have listened to my podcast, I struggled really hard to have a baby. And there were periods of that where I was not able to move and work out because of all I was going through, which was really hard for me emotionally and mentally. And postpartum was very challenging for me. I had a really, really, really hard time with it. And going to stroller strides not only gave me that fitness back, um, it, it just gave me this community and just, you know, like I am still very good friends with the girls that I met at Stroller Strides. And that happens. Yeah. It's amazing. My original group of moms from 19 years ago are all still friends. And they just sent me pictures of all of their kids going to college. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. But it's nuts. Like you connect with these women because you're in the same, you know, stage of life. But you also, you know, there's, it's our group was, you know, pretty large, but you find the ones that, you know, you really kind of mesh with the best. And you know, we do girls trips now and um, we meet once a month, we do Bunko and um, yeah, things are looking a little different now, but we've made mm-hmm. it still work and we still meet up um, in, you know, safe ways and we've kept that connection growing and it's just awesome. It's, it was, I feel like Stroller Strides was like the all encompassing thing that I didn't know I needed. I, it was amazing. I love it. And if you're listening and you've had a baby and there's a Stroller Strides, you know, whatever, anywhere near you, I cannot recommend it enough because so many people. Not, and if there's not stroller strides, you should start one. Yes. I mean, a hundred percent, like a hundred percent, because it's just such a great 
just such a great way to connect with people and to take care of yourself. And this is kind of why we're here today um, to talk about something called mindfulness, which is a lot about taking care of ourselves. Um, so what is mindfulness? Tell everyone, Lisa, what do you, what do you, what do you consider mindfulness? Cause I think that's kind of thrown around a lot. Well, it's funny for anybody to ask me to do a podcast about mindfulness because um, I am somebody who uh, is a bit of an idea monkey. In fact, my team calls me an idea monkey. Um, I clinically have ADHD and so my mind is always going and uh, that's something I've always had to grapple with. And uh, I now look at it as a gift. You know, it's why I have lots of ideas and lots of hopes and dreams, but it is also um, a way that I've had to come to peace with. And so mindfulness now is a way that I have learned how to just be, you know, um, in today's day and society, we are human doings more than human beings. And um, in the more recent years, I have learned how to practice being a human, human being and being here right now. And I so agree with that. And um, I have anxiety. I also struggle with mindfulness. Who doesn't and have anxiety? <laughs> seriously. I mean, seriously, especially now. But I, I am also, I mean, I definitely have, I think anxiety and ADHD have very similar um, characteristics because I was my trade by, you know, I have a master's degree in education and I taught special education for a really long time. And so I know a lot about ADHD. I have many, many students with ADHD and the ADHD is really, um, the characteristics of it are very similar to characteristics of anxiety because my oldest son has also been diagnosed with anxiety and he, there's times I look at him and I'm like, you're so ADHD, but it's really the anxiety piece that is, you know, bringing these issues to the forefront. And I feel like I am trying to teach him what I'm learning now as an adult, like with mindfulness and being in the moment and, and slowing down and thinking about things. And I'm really hoping that him learning that now is going to make him, his life as he grows up a little bit easier because it's hard. I never, ever, ever thought that I'd be able to, like you said, just be, cause I'm all over the place. <laughs> My daughter who's 15 told me that she um, used one of the meditation apps that I used yesterday. Um, she told me yesterday that she's been using it. And I'm like, God, to have these tools at such a young age is such a gift. Like I didn't learn it until way, I don't want there's, it's never too late, but um, to be able to, to learn these tools at a younger age is incredible. And so the younger, the better. Um, and uh, nowadays, you know, kids are looking at these devices at such a young age and to be able to just be and to sit with silence. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Well, and that's the thing, like he, so his, the, his anxiety kind of like ebbs and flows. And um, he saw, he doesn't see her like regularly right now because he's doing fairly well, I think. Um, but when he was regularly seeing his therapist, she's amazing. And she's the one that actually suggested we get him a little device to have these uh, meditation apps on. Um, and I have the column app. That's the main one I use. And so we logged him in, you know, under my account on his and he, when he, he's now, when he feels stressed, he now just goes to it on his own. It's awesome. And 
it's so cool to see. And I can tell when his anxiety is up because he does things like um, he's, he's very all over the place, like very, you know, inattentive, like he's going from this thing to this thing. He asks a lot of questions like about things that are not happening right now, about things that are like going to happen. And so my response to him is always, let's stop. And, and, and live in right now. Let's not worry about what's happening mm-hmm. tomorrow, the next day, the next week, the next month. What are you worried about right now? You know, and then it kind of brings them back into like, well, you know, I'm not really worried about anything right now. So it's like, great, let's live in the moment. And that's, I say this to him all the time, but I'm also kind of saying it to myself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We all need that reminder. Um, But it's amazing. So do you use an app that you like, or do you... Is, is your practice more just sitting in quiet? Because I know it's different for everybody. And it changes for me. So um, I use a variety of apps. Um, one of my favorites is Insight Timer. It's great. Um, I've used Calm. I've used Headspace. Um, and very often I will just use some, some music um, or some chanting um, kind of thing. So it kind of depends on my mood and, you know, my wandering mind. So uh, it depends. Yeah, that's, it's kind of same for me too. It's actually interesting. I read a book by, um, have you heard of Nicole Lappin? No. So I read this book um, by her called Super, Superwoman, but okay. like, it's, it's amazing. Oh my gosh. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, it's called Superwoman, not Superwoman, but like Superwoman. And okay. it talks a lot about, um, it's just, she's, uh, she's a bit, she's in business. She's, um, the one that uh, was on, did the money thing with CNN. She was, uh, I forget the term for it, but she's amazing. And in this book, she talked about her journey with mindfulness and meditation and stuff. And she said something that really brought my attention. I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. She said, how many of us, when we're doing little things, mindfulness can start as simple as when you're brushing your teeth, just Mm -hmm. focusing on brushing your teeth. She's like, we don't do that. We're yeah. either talking to some, you know, thinking of somebody else on our phone. She goes, start small. Start by simply that two minutes you're brushing your teeth. Sit there and focus on just brushing your teeth, being in the moment of teeth brushing. And I, I sat back and I was like, that is crazy. Like, that's I, amazing. Change your life. So it's funny. Um, one of the household chores that used to irritate me the most was emptying the dishwasher. Couldn't tell you why, but every time I would walk and see that the dishwasher needed to be emptied would irritate the heck out of me. And I ended up turning it into almost a meditation and a mindfulness practice. So just being very mindful and present in putting everything away. And I now do that for everything, for like walking, going and getting the mail, like using these everyday practices, these things that seemed mindless maybe is is a good word to be mindful. And um, they're incredibly life-giving and they make your, um, just your, your regular everyday opportunities very special and recharging. And it's, that's crazy. Cause I, one of my biggest things that I don't like to do is, um, the sorting of the laundry. And uh-huh. so that, be, that became my kid's chore. <laughs> yeah. 
which is amazing because I have three boys and all three of them, they know how to sort, fold and put away laundry, which is, you know, as a mother to boys, I'm like, you are not going to be the boy that needs somebody to do all their things for them. You are going to learn to do this stuff yourself. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. But by all means, if you can delegate it, delegate it. So I am not saying turn everything into a mindfulness practice. So delegate it first, but anything that you are not going to delegate turn it into a mindfulness opportunity for yourself or turn it into an opportunity to listen to a podcast or listen to a book um, rather than just a time. You know, I I look at it as um, ROE, return on energy, you know, like rather than it just be wasted where there's nothing happening, let it be a time that you're recharging or learning. That's a really, really good idea. And I love the learning piece. And that's actually um, my business coach that I work with. She's huge on podcasts and she has an amazing podcast. So she does the same thing, like listening to podcasts, like all the time in the little things. And I was never a podcast podcast listener um, until I kind of met her. Um, Auditorily, I struggle sometimes to, um, to really like grasp things. I'm more of like a visual person. But when I started meditation and yoga, my auditory learning skyrocketed. It was crazy when I was able to kind of make the shift. And so now I do the same thing. I listen to podcasts when I do like the mundane little things and it's been amazing, but it's back to the folding laundry though. I wanted to say that with, to me, I did delegate it. However, I am teaching them to focus on what they're doing because as kids, I think, you know, with the devices and all these things, it's like, they're losing that ability to actually focus on things. I feel like, because they're always like, you know, ding, ding, ding everywhere. So I make them turn like, they're like, Oh, can we watch a show while I do it? I'm like, Nope, you're going to sit there and you're going to be productive. (laughs) But it's productivity too. Like if you're focusing on that and you know, they lose their focus and then it takes double as long. It's like, no, you're going to focus on what you're doing. You're going to do it right. You're going to get it done. And so that is part of that whole, like you said, being in the moment and mindful and actually focusing on what you're doing. Yep, for sure. Um, so how do you, do you use mindfulness daily? What's your, like, what's your strategy? Do you have a time of day? Do you have a system? I mean, I, I don't, I just kind of consider it to be part of my life. Um, it's just something that I'm, I'm regularly tapping into um, throughout the day. So it's just something I keep coming back to. Okay. Um, so I don't see it as a system, it's just something that I keep coming back to. I keep, it's a touch point for me. Um, Cause otherwise I just have a wandering mind, which we all do. Right. Yeah, totally. So I just keep coming back to it. So that's kind of, I, I, I used to, um, I used to do it every morning when I woke up, I would do like a workout and take 10 minutes to listen to a calm app or do whatever. Um, and then I kind of started, like you said, feeling like, well, I don't know if I need, feel like it's, you know, I need it right now. And there was like, like throughout the day when I would get stressed, I started coming towards that. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm overwhelmed. I can't get anything done because I'm so overwhelmed. I need to take a step back. And I love that. I love that you do it just whenever it feels like right. 
I mean, think about like a meditation practice is called a meditation practice because it is a practice. You need to practice it and you keep coming back to it. Um, so is, do you think that, cause I, the one thing I struggled with when I first started was I thought that it was something you had to do. You had to sit there for like 20 to 30 minutes. I'm like, there's no way my mind can't do that. Well, it's funny because, um, you know, people think that with meditation, if we're talking about meditation specifically, that you're supposed to sit there and have no thoughts. I have been meditating for 20 some odd years. I have never had a single session where I've had no thoughts. That is not possible. The mind thinks that's what it does. Um, what will happen the more you practice is you will have more space between the thoughts. But I meditated this morning. There were lots of thoughts and there is no judgment for those thoughts. Instead, there's curious observation and you go, oh, that's interesting that that's what I'm thinking about right now. So you don't get angry with yourself or going, oh, I'm thinking right now, or, you know, no, it's, 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 oh, okay. That's, that's interesting that that's what's bubbling up for me right now during this meditation. And you then let that thought float by just like a cloud and you come back to, there's an usually, usually in meditation, there's an anchor. So that anchor could be um, your breath. It could be a sound could be the smell. So you come back to whatever the anchor is. It could be a mantra. Um, and you just come back to it. I, I found the same thing. I, I did also feel like, oh, it's a time where I can't think. And I'm like, what? And then I started really thinking about meditation and reading more about it and going, oh, that's not true. I actually can think about things. I just can't let that thought take over that moment. It's more like you said, letting it flow by. And meditation for me was where I started with mindfulness, you know, learning how to be in the moment. Meditation was a huge thing for that for me. Yoga and meditation actually together um, really helped me learn how to be in the moment. And what my yoga teacher talks a lot about is how, what you practice, like you said, it's a practice, what you practice in on your mat eventually will spill out into your life. And I've totally seen that shift where I want to be mindful. I want to focus in the moment. And I had to do a lot of practice of that through meditation and yoga. And it slowly started to filter into my regular life. And I've been able to be more mindful in the moment, be things like that. Absolutely. Hey, let's do an activity together. Okay. All right. So with your listeners too, I want you and your listeners right now for the next minute, I want you right now just to pay attention to your thoughts. So whatever you're thinking, I just want you to watch them. Whatever you're thinking, pay attention to them. And right now you might be paying attention to, oh gosh, there's silence on my podcast and that's probably awkward. doesn't matter. Pay attention to that thought. Pay attention to your thought. All right, so whatever it is you just thought about, listeners, Sophia, that was mindfulness. That was a meditation. I love that. You were paying attention to a thought. That was your anchor. 
that was it. Um, that's awesome. I love that. And instead of letting those thoughts, like, I guess I, I, I'm such a visual person. For me, the visual was instead of letting those thoughts, like, almost pile on top of each other and feel like an overwhelming pile, it was more like those thoughts just kind of floated by the screen, almost like a teleprompter, you know? <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. And that's like, for me, that's huge because I used to be the person that, I, things would just pile up and I would get overwhelmed so easily. And I think mindfulness really helps with that. Whether you have anxiety or you don't have anxiety, it helps beat that overwhelm. You know, you don't have to act upon every single thing. Yeah. I mean, I just think about that at the time we're recording, we are recording in a time where we're still in the middle of this pandemic and there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress for, I don't really know anybody who's not experiencing it. Right. So if I were able to offer you something that could decrease your stress and could increase your immune system and could help you sleep better and could make you feel happier and could increase your focus and has no side effects, would you take it? Would you do it? The answer is yes. And it's force. It's meditation. It's mindfulness. That's it. And it's, it's, it's just a practice and it's really easy. It's really easy. And you can start simple and small. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't, you don't have to attach that. I feel like now it's so much more widespread, but it, it, I used to think that, oh, it's just something random that hippies used to do. You know, like, oh, that's not me. You know, I'm not, that's not who I am. And then it's like, well, I started realizing, like, I actually do want to be that person. I want to be that person who's in the moment and mindful, especially right now. Because, yeah, right now does suck. Let's be real. Like, there's so many things. Like, I, it's been hard on businesses and hard on my business, for sure. My husband's business is suffering because of it. Um it's hard on our families because we don't, my parents used to see my kids every month, they would take them for a sleepover and my parents are really high risk. So we can't do that. Um, it's just hard. But at the same time, I was able, I've been dreading slash living for the moment that my youngest baby who we weren't planning on having that just kind of happened, um, was going to go to kindergarten and I'd have all three kids in school. But at the same time, I was I, I knew I'd ball like a baby because he's been by my side for so long. He's like just my buddy. And I get this moment now where he gets to go to kindergarten a couple of days a week, but he also gets to stay with me a couple of days a week. And that transition for me, as crazy as it sounds, has actually been amazing because I don't have to just let go all at once. I can ease into it. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so there are a lot of great things that have come out of this, I think if you don't see that, I definitely think that you need to take a step back in life and really kind of look harder because there's awful things, but there's also been a lot of great things. Absolutely. There's many gifts. A hundred percent. And you have your, your kids are now, you said 19 and 15 mm -hmm. and are, is the 19 year old at school or what oh. happened? 
poor kid. He was at college. He came home because they closed college and did online school. And he's been home since spring break last year. Didn't go back for fall semester. So, I mean, my heart aches for him. He's missing out on the full college experience. I know. That's so hard. And do you guys, does your family, other than you, does your family practice this as well? Or are you more just like... I am the only one, but like I said, just recently, my daughter's been kind of experimenting just a little bit and it's making me really excited, but I know to play it, play my excitement on the down low or probably won't. Yeah, (laughs) seriously, because if mom likes something automatically, it's like, no. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's, that's kind of, I struggle with that as well. I want my kids to learn this, but I also don't, my kids are younger, but I also don't want to be that like pushy mom. But it is interesting because like I said, my son has been using, my oldest son who has anxiety has been using the apps and whatever. And my middle son just recently has been like, huh, can I do that too? Um, experience in parenthood is that kids will not do what you'll say, but they'll do what they see you do. And so, you know, if they see it as part of your life and see that, hey, mom is in a better mood and, you know, there's cool things that come out of it, then, you know, maybe one day they'll be intrigued by it. But if you push it on them, it probably is not anything that will will happen. Well, and I've also told the kids, too, when all this shut down, um, I had to obviously bring my exercise home. And part of my exercise and that time to be physical has is is part of I need it like I need it to function correctly and I need it I'm an early workout person I need it to start my day and I made this family rule back in March when everything shut down that mom gets up early and works out until she's done you may not come downstairs you need to wait this is my time and I explained it to them I didn't make it as like a don't come downstairs. It was more like, I need this to be a good mom. I need this to help you with your work. I need this to run my business. I need this to be a good wife to dad. I need this to be happy. And they got that. They like, it made sense to them when I put it in those terms. And they kind of started, you know, they would peek at me over the top of the stairs to wait until I was done. But it's cute because they started thinking, huh, that's kind of cool what mom is doing. Like, can I, maybe, maybe I should get it. And so I've seen them pick up, like you said, pick up on little things like that. Um, and I'm sure it's easier for me because my kids are young, but it sounds like the older kids are working on it too. Absolutely. So what would you say your tips are for somebody that's listening? That's like, okay, I really want to start this practice. I just don't know where to start. I don't know how to do it. I'm all over the place. What are your biggest tips? I would say commit to 10 minutes a day. Pick pick when it's going to be like, say, okay, I'm going to wake up 10 minutes earlier, or that it's going to be 10 minutes before you go to bed. Like pick when it's going to be and make a decision about it. So you're not having to decide every single day, but like that decision is made already. And pick an app that has like a 10 day challenge or something that's going to guide you through and commit to that process um, and stick with it because it takes a little bit to build a habit and just see how you feel. 
And um, it was interesting. Even my daughter, you know, she killed me for talking about her, but I'm pretty sure she's not listening to, to podcasts. Um, <laughs> but even my daughter said, she goes, you know what? She goes, I don't notice that I feel so good right away when I'm doing it, but I know that I'm going to feel good if I keep doing this. And I think that's true for all of us, you know? So know that you're going to feel good if you keep doing this. You're not going to regret it. Um, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, I'm, some of you probably have heard this before, but Jerry Seinfeld is known for the way he wrote so many jokes was by saying, uh, don't break the chain. He would write a joke every single day and put a big red X on his calendar. And his goal was to not break the chain. Make a commitment to yourself every day to not break the chain. Just make a habit of it. Again, just 10 minutes a day to start with, or not even 10 minutes a day, if one of the apps is maybe less than that, just make a part of your routine. And then what we were talking about earlier, maybe when you're folding your socks or emptying the dishwasher, just being present in the moment, put your foot, put your phone down, being in it, being in life and, uh, you know, pay attention to it. Yeah. I, that's awesome. That's such a, the whole stick with it is such a big thing because I think in our society, we want instant gratification all the time and we have it. I mean, you want something on Amazon? Here it is. Um, Instacart, here you go. It, everything, we have things at our fingertips so much now that when you don't get that, you think it's just because it's not working. And yeah. the truth of the matter is, is that this takes time. And I will say I um, had, it was back in April of last year, gosh, it's been a year already, was kind of a low point for me and my anxiety. I went through early menopause. Um, I'm turning 44 in July, but I hit menopause super early. They don't know why, you know, obviously my hormones are messed up because I struggled to have babies too, but I am now in post-menopause. Um, but my body went from, cause I was getting blood work done and my body went from perimenopause to postmenopause in an extremely short period of time. Mm -hmm. So basically my hormones was, were like a disaster. <laughs> they like plummeted and I was having anxiety attacks almost every single day, all day. Like it was awful. And I finally went to the doctor and um, she's like, oh my God, you need meds. Like <laughs> your body's a mess. We, we need to get you back to uh, oh, equilibrium. And then we can start working on this. So I'm not a big med person. So I did, I had to go on meds just to function because I, I felt awful. I was down to like 92 pounds, which is insane. Um, I'm small, but not that small. And, um, I started feeling better. Well, what happened is that like everything, my body doesn't do meds. Well, after about a month, I started getting the side effects, digestion, especially things like that. And I was not happy anymore. I was like, this is, this is not working. So I decided I needed to deal with this. That's when I started my meditation and yoga, like big time, I ramped it up. Mm -hmm. And I started this mindfulness and I started meditation. And like you said, I kept with it because I needed to get off the meds and we started tapering off and it didn't help right away. I started feeling those anxiety moments again, but eventually it did. And ever since then, I know now when I feel those triggers, I know that if I go, and I do a 10, 15 minute meditation, you know, where I sit there, I can now feel the effects almost right away. It's amazing. I, I, I agree with you. Um, 
I've been practicing for a long time, but like I can get myself into a very relaxed state very quickly. And it's just a practice like anything, like, you know, same with like a workout, you know, you think you're not strong. Well, you're not going to be strong in a week. No, <laughs> it takes earn. a long time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like Lisa said, it's so important, especially right now, we're all struggling and going through a really tough time, whether you're the person, I don't care what you believe in, what side of the political battle you're at, whatever it is, you're experiencing stress and anxiety because of our life. And this is not magically just going to go away tomorrow. Like it's just not. So we need to find ways to live with it. And this is why I really wanted to focus, um, on something that I think is imperative for the health of your mind. And I really believe that health is both body and mind. You can't just eat all the good things and not worry about your well-being of your mind. Like it, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to do you well, <laughs> period. We need to feed our body good things, you know, feed our, our body good food, but also our mind. Yep. That is the a hundred percent what I believe in big time. And, um, I have loved having you on here. Thank you so much for taking time. I know you're so busy with all that you're doing. Um, it's been awesome. And this has been a perfect, perfect little, perfect little introduction for people that are looking to get into it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all my listeners. I so appreciate you guys. Please make sure if you love this episode rate review, it is super important for us. Um, and the show notes and post will have all the info all about Lisa. We'll have all this info there, links to everything. And make sure to join us next time where we're going to take mindfulness to a little bit of a next level with my guest for next episode. Um, she's going to talk a lot about mindful eating and how you can take that mindfulness and cross over into the food arena. Thanks, everybody.